You're listening to Passion Pod number 42 with Zoe Jones. Um, so Zoe, hand balance. I mean, I have to be honest, when I heard this was your thing, I was like, oh, come again. What was that? Yeah. You must get that all the time. Yeah. People don't know. They have no idea what it is. Yeah. Actually. So? So it is what I... It says on the says. <laughs> Funny that. I balance on my hands. It, well, it's a circus discipline. So yeah, I have a sort of um, hand balancing table. That's It's actually sat over there. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> it's got on a very, very natty little trolley. That yeah, it it's, it's a terrible little trolley. <laughs> Does 20, the job. 20 pounds from Monaco. <laughs> but yeah, I... I um, I do little like three, four minute performances and it's it's very acrobatic so I stand on one hand and can do kind of contortions with my body and stuff. You have to come see one of my shows. Yeah, that's the answer, <laughs> isn't it? See it in action. So yeah. gymnastics, am I right in thinking that was your background? Is that how yeah. you got into it? Yeah, I mean very roundabout way I got into it but I was a competitive gymnast for about 11, 12 years did it very, very seriously when I was a kid um, and then stopped when I was about 15, 16 from a quite bad ankle injury. Oh, shame. Yeah. Um, and then I think I'd kind of had enough anyway because it's just been like, you know, four or five times a week practice and took up all my Friday. And yeah. <laughs> As kids, often those sort of things when you're committed to that kind of thing, it just takes over your life. So you're probably ready yeah. to have a bit of life back. I was, and I think the injury was sort of an excuse for me to kind of say, okay, that's time I've done it. And I really thought that was it. I wasn't going to do anything like that again. I started coaching as a part-time job, and I've been doing that alongside most of my adult life. And I went on and did a degree in California, which is where I lived for a long time. And I actually did photography. <laughs> that was my Completely different. Yeah, I, did. I really loved art anyway, and I was really very interested in it. So I did that first, and then moved to London to continue doing photography, thinking London's probably much more of a, a place for art, and I don't know. My sister was living here, I had cousins here. And then, as you do, living in London with no money, you get a, <laughs> oh, yeah. you get a 40, 50-hour-a-week job working in a bar. Takes up all your time. <laughs> and very quickly, you know, couldn't pursue photography. It was, I was so tired, and I was just eking out a tiny living, being able to pay my rent and food, and... Um, just not enjoying it. Not enjoying. I was sort of two years on thinking, what am I doing in London? I mean, I could do this anywhere in the world, you know? No time for anything interesting. And that's I the felt, irony, isn't yeah. it? It then becomes like, you know, you come and you do something, that's what you're wanting to do, and you're spending your whole other time making it work so that you don't have any time to do what you were doing in the first place. That's it. I had no energy to do anything creative and uh, working in a bar late, you know, you fall into these patterns of drinking most nights because that's your only form of entertainment and it wasn't a healthy atmosphere. I felt physically really gross, actually. Very hard as well from going from a very, very fit lifestyle, I imagine, to then, yeah, so even more stark. Yeah, it was not necessarily the best time for me so I actually gave up the bartending after a couple of years and started temping which I had also done a bit of before but temping is almost as bad <laughs> it's like the lesser which is the lesser of two evils isn't it you spend all your time basically with nothing to do and then I did a lot of browsing on the internet. I think it was through Facebook. I saw a friend of a friend doing aerial silks. And I thought, that's cool. That's the bit where they, they hold to... Yeah, they're like... It? They're massive bits of tissue that hang from the ceiling. And you kind of wrap yourself up in them and do 
crazy acrobatic drops and stuff. As you do. As you do. do. Sure. And I saw these pictures of her and I thought, that's cool. I could do that. I was a gymnast, you know. So I started to look for places where I could, even just recreationally at that point, I was so bored with what I was doing. and wanted any kind of something. Um, And I couldn't really find anything that wouldn't mean I'd have to sort of enroll full-time in a course. I kind of wasn't really sure how I was going to afford any of that. And so I ended up coming across a... It was a three-month intensive course in Sheffield a kind of introduction to circus performance and um, spoke to my sister and friends and I said maybe I should just do this and they were all saying why not (laughs) of course you should (laughs) you'd be crazy not to you know it's nothing holding you back from you're young and there's no reason so so had you started had you done any of the stuff in London to get you give you the flavor or was it no Straight back. I, I think I had seen maybe some other places. There's only really one big place in London anyway, it's called the Circus Space, uh, where you can train. So your options were limited anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I think I had two days before the audition to get on the course. And oh I my literally... god, that's mental. <laughs> awesome, but mental. And yeah, I, I was very unfit and everything ached after the audition, but I did get in. Amazing. That must yeah. have been quite an achievement. You must have felt quite you know, proud of that in the first place, having been out of the practice of all of it I imagine yeah it was hard I mean I definitely felt like a creaky old bag of bones you know compared to how I used to feel but yeah I got onto the course and I was really excited and put it on my credit card <laughs> love a credit card comes in useful boom yeah I had to move to Sheffield and loved every minute of oh, the course wow that's so just, cool it was really like coming alive again you know it's like I've missed this so much you know and then at the end of the three months we had this two night run of a show that we created and the audience when you're doing a performance like that is so on your side and they want you to do well and I always relate it to the gymnastics performance which is kind of the opposite where people are waiting for you to make a mistake and there's not that much joy in it you know unless you do really really well which is not going to happen all the time you have such an amount of nervous energy and fear but it's very rarely like do you feel kind of uh, satisfied after a performance you know whereas I feel like with what that opened my eyes to that first little taste of performing was it doesn't matter if you make a mistake because I did actually on my first night got tangled up in a rope I love these conversations (laughs) (laughs) sorry I just got myself caught in a rope I mean these conversations out of context are brilliant I did I got a little bit tangled up and I remember thinking right after that happened like oh my goodness it's so awful and I just messed it up so badly but nobody cared you know people were just happy to be watching I didn't feel like that was the only thing people remembered you know so interesting that comparison I can see exactly what you mean the people watching you are in the positive headspace they're to be entertained they're not there to write down all the things you've done wrong and then you know give you a score for that so it left me feeling really happy and just wanted to do more of it so yeah (laughs) I kind of thought well what's next so I started to look into what I could do for further education or more training and I I really didn't know much about the circus world at all but I did find that there was this course in London and there was also a course in Bristol and I auditioned for both and I, I was accepted to the Bristol one put on the waiting list for the 
one in London, and then was told no from London. Right, okay. And the Bristol one, I decided I didn't want to do anyway. Right, okay. So then... You sort of feel that's a bit of a big blow. It was a massive blow, because it was like, okay, what now? And I was at the time working in a nursery, being a nursery nurse, where my sister worked. She got me the job there, and I hated it. Oh, God. (laughs) But I think it was more that I had seen myself in a different job, and I was doing this job that I didn't enjoy and felt stuck in it you know and felt like I was gonna be stuck and I had no idea what was next what was coming next and I was re- I was really depressed actually and about two weeks before the course in London began I got a telephone call and they said places opened up on the course if you want it it's yours oh my god yeah. that's amazing that gives me goosebumps yeah. I know I was like ah! meant going to be. crazy and <laughs> they called me at the nursery and I had to like I wasn't supposed to take it but I went in this room cupboard and took the phone call and then I couldn't wipe the smile off my face I think I quit the next day or something I was like amazing (laughs) so sorry not at all Um, that's such a cool tale that isn't it yeah meant to be I I kind of felt like that two weeks before the course I had to scramble to see how I could finance it because I didn't have any money and I put all this money on my credit card for the other one and it was it's quite stressful, but my parents were really supportive of it and were saying, you know, if you want to do this, we'll we'll help you as much as we can. I ended up sort of semi-financing it by my grandmother gave me my inheritance early. <laughs> Bless her. Yeah. Thanks, I, Granny. Yeah, it wasn't enough really even to, it was enough to cover the first year, but that was sort of enough that I could then sort of put the rest of the financing off in my head for a little bit. And everybody sort of rallied around me to support me in getting there, you know? It's a hard thing to make work in that sense at that stage, to go back and be studying and not be working full-time, you know? It's, yeah. it's a huge challenge in itself, even if it is the thing that you're wanting to do more than anything. It's amazing how one can make these things work, mm. I guess, different ways of doing that. Also, it's a circus degree, and you kind of think, mm, how can I even justify spending all this money doing a, a training course? It's like, mm, it's a clown college. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I've heard that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I wouldn't have been able to become a performer in London otherwise. It just had no concept of the industry. I, I think without it, I would have given up and I would have done something else. So Thank God for it then. Thank yeah. God. And so, was connections more than anything, do you think, from doing that course? It wasn't so much connections, it was just more completely immersing yourself in that kind of environment. Actually, so the circus space, which is where I trained, and I now train there as a professional artist, and I'm a teacher on the degree program, which is kind of, it's come full Full circle, circle. which is really lovely. Um, It's a great place because it's not only a training program for young people, but it's also a professional training space. And so there's a lot of overlap between current students and alumni, but not even just alumni, but just working professionals. And so, you know, as a student, maybe having your lunch break and you're looking through the big glass doors and you're seeing these amazing circus artists training and you're thinking, yeah, cool, I'll be able to do that, you know. It's like, right, what your inspiration is like on your doorstep. Yeah. It's really, really cool environment, I yeah. imagine. I mean, the whole learning the industry side of things had to hit the ground running a bit after I graduated because it's a learning curve. How did you manage that? How did that work out for you? Time is how I managed it. It's like something you can't really just know. You have to learn it. And so I think you have to find your niche and you have to find also like who you're marketing yourself to. That's quite important. I had no idea just how important like your internet presences having a good website but also not even just a good website but understanding how your website 
turns up in Google, all that kind of stuff. I had to just learn myself and ask friends who knew about it. And so I'm sort of coming up on three and a half years I've been professionally performing and I'm only now kind of feeling like, okay, I've got a little bit of a handle on how it all works. It's real patience. Yeah, it is. And I've come very close to just like giving up a few times because, oh, well, I don't know this. So how am I going to do it? But I think the alternative is, well, what else would I do? And also, I don't want to just give up, you know? I, I've had, you know, my parents were well, maybe it's time to, to find something else. So the worst is, the worst is, <laughs> like, maybe it's time to find a proper job. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Difficult yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's hard not to have self-doubt. I mean, I was actually just looking through a little journal I had kept during a time when I was feeling really down and, and I had written down like these sort of <laughs> yeah. little mini like goals like okay when when is time to when it's time to stop when do I give up because obviously I do actually have a limited career my body can't keep doing what I do forever I think I've sort of padded it a little bit with teaching and that's my sort of sideline stuff. I was going to ask, you know, because to start with, I imagine in something like your world, you're not going to get gigs enough to sort of finance your life. So I was wondering if you had to go back to more temporary jobs, but you were able to do that with teaching. Yeah, stuff. I started teaching gymnastics again in my sort of second year of training at Circus Space because I had a very boring but big issue. I couldn't get student loans, so I had to end up financing the rest of the... Yikes. Yeah. God, against all odds, though. I mean, it great. really was. It's even more satisfying, though. I imagine it gives it much more of a sweet taste at the yeah, end. Yeah, you feel like I see some of the the kids who are now on the. I say kids; they're adults, but they're young, <laughs> who are kids. now on the <laughs> on the degree course, and you know they're funded by their parents, and it's their first degree. And I think you got it so lucky. You can go home and five o'clock and have a bath and a nice meal, and go to bed. I was having to work three, four days a week. Anyway, I did manage it, but I, I went back to the coaching because I thought it's actually really similar to what I'm doing now, and I, I like it. It's better than working in a bar. It's more healthy for myself and my soul, I suppose. Yeah. But I finally quit that because I started to pick up some teaching hours at Circus Space, and then last year they asked me to teach on their degree programs. So I could finally kind of shake my hands of it, and now it's much more parallel, the two things. I teach hand balancing uh, acrobatics which is what I do so so cool yeah it's so cool to hear that whole progression mm. if you would say what your biggest challenge was do you think it would be the time that it takes that you were talking about before yeah I suppose the time but also just the self-belief is really a hard thing actually it's like believing that you're actually good enough that people would want to watch you on stage it's very hard to battle with self-doubt Especially when you're in a more performance industry, I imagine, yeah. because it, you know it, the whole sort of vibe of it is a performance element, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's an it's an industry at, at the end of the day, and there's layers of that industry too, and it can be quite hard to find where you fit in that, you know, because there's very much like the sort of corporate stuff where they just want uh, tall, skinny, blonde, Barbie-looking types, you know, and then you have the sort of uh, cabaret world, which is a little bit bitchy and kind of if the compare really likes you or you know what I mean, and it's all it's a bit all politics, it's yeah, quite, yeah, it can be quite political, or you go a really sort of artistic route, but then you're constantly battling trying to find funding and so it's, it can be kind of hard to find where you fit. You know, all of that to get there and then when you get there, it's like, it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hard to then find your niche within that. I think that's it. You know, there's anywhere I can 
try to perform and be fulfilled in it, I'll give it a shot. But it doesn't mean that it, I always enjoy it. But on the whole, you feel like it's much better than anything else I could be doing. <laughs> You've been listening to Passion Pod number 42 with Zoe Jones.